following sermon audio is from Love City Church, Cincinnati. More audio and information about Love City Church can be found at www.mylovecitychurch.org. Good morning, church. Praise God for you. Welcome to all the little ones. We're really glad that you're here. Thanks for worshiping with us today, kids. If you're new here and you're wondering what's happening, this is our very first Family Worship Sunday. We're very excited about that. So what we're doing is every fifth Sunday, uh, when those happen throughout the year, we're going to invite the kids to come and worship with us in the sanctuary. So you've come in on one of those days, our very first actually, and uh, so we're glad you're here. Uh, But normally we do have uh, children's discipleship for little ones all the way up through elementary age. So just so you know that. All right. Um, If you have a Bible with you, please turn to the book of John. We're going to be in chapter 14. We're looking at verses 1 through 6 today. I had somebody in the elementary age uh, ask me a question recently, and so we're going to address that question today. So here's the question that one of the kids from here at Love City Church asked me. They said, well, with, with the fact that there's so many different religions... Is it okay for us, is it even right for us, to think that Christianity is the only real truth or right way to God? That was the question they asked me. And so we're going to do our best to answer that today in an accessible way. And uh, so pray for me, because that's not very easy to do. Amen? But we're going to get after it, and the Lord's going to help us. It's going to be really good. Okay? I hope you turn to John chapter 14. Uh, As you're turning there, just a reminder, we sent an email out this week. Maybe you didn't get it. Maybe you walked in today and you were surprised by the fact that the kids were joining us. If if you need it, we do have the living room with a live feed. We've got the nursing mother's room and even one of the kids' classrooms as well. Um, Our hope is, you know, and we want you to know if the kids are wiggly, making making a little bit of noise, that's not going to bother me or anybody else. We're excited the kids are here. But if somebody needs a break, uh, we do have those options available for you, okay? Just want to make sure you knew that. All right, so John 14, as I said, looking at verses 1 through 6 together. So here we go. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Who's speaking here, everybody? Do we know? Jesus is talking. Well, that verse 1 right there is helpful for me this week. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. Is that a helpful word for somebody today? It is for me. There's a lot of reasons we could be troubled, but because of Jesus We don't have to be anxious about anything. He goes on, In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. That's another good word. We could preach real long about that. And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? Good question, Thomas. I'm glad he asked it. And then Jesus says this. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth. Almost made it. She's quick. I kind of hope someone does make it today. I've never been rushed on stage before, and for it to be a kid the first time, that would be honestly amazing for me. (laughs) Okay. So what was Jesus' response? And this is, this is why we're here today. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. 
No one comes to the Father but through me. And so at one level, at least what we have in this is an answer from Jesus to the question that somebody asked me. Is it okay to think that there's one way? Well, Jesus thinks so. So that's our first premise, okay? Jesus thinks it's all right. How else can we think about that? And this is a very complex issue. And so I don't, I'm going to need some help preaching it. So I've, I've asked my friend Edward to come today. Someone's going to bring him out. Uh, I'm also going to need a couple of volunteers. But here's how I'm going to do that. I knew some hands would shoot up. Just to make it fair, let's do this. I need my volunteers. There's some criteria. I need you to be from the ages of 7 to 10 years old. Okay, here comes Edward. Just set Edward right here. Man, you could have held him right side up, man. You all right in there, dude? He's all right. Okay, all right. He's a little shy, but we'll get to see Edward in a minute. And you're going to have to be willing to touch Edward, so you can't be scared about that, all right? So I need you to be between 7 and 10, and let's start. Oh, here's the other thing. You have to be willing to pretend to be blind. Also, you have to have a parent willing to come up with you. So that might cut some of you out right now. Because uh, the kids, I know, are anxious, but the parents may not be willing to come. So if you're ages 7 to 10, and your parent will come up with you, let me see your hand. I need two of you. Okay. Jordy, come on. Let me see. Not, no, not my children. No. <laughs> Aubrey, come on. All right. So your parents got to come with you. And you, you remember I said you have to pretend to be blind? You're okay with that? Okay. That's all we have to do is drop these guys and you can't see nothing? Is that right? Come up here. All right, so here's what we're going to do. You can come on this side. All right, you can come with him. So parents, I need you to cover their eyes good enough to make sure they're really pretending to be blind. Not that I don't trust you guys, but uh, kind of shady characters, okay? Now, everybody else out here, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to bring Edward out. Here's what I need you to do. You cannot yell what Edward is, okay? I need everyone to be quiet. I don't want them to know what Edward is. It's very important. Can you do that? No one's going to yell, right? All right, let me bring him out. I'm scared. <laughs> you volunteered. You're already up here. Okay, come on, Edward. Come on out. Okay, this is Edward. Everyone see Edward? Now, here's what I'm going to have them do. I'm going to have them touch Edward. Don't look. All right, so Jordy, let me have your hands. Is I want he hurt? No, Edward won't hurt you. He's very nice. You guys think Edward will hurt him? No. no. So every, everyone, here, everyone here cares about you, man. You're safe. Okay. I want you to touch Edward right here. Get a good feel. Get a good feel. Okay, you got it? Yeah. Okay, now hold on to that. All right? Now, Aubrey, let me have your hands. I want you to feel Edward. Don't know where. All right. Feel Edward right here. Just get an idea of what he feels like. What? You got that? You got what Edward feels like? Yeah. Okay. Now, I'm going to slide him back in his cage here. He's getting a little rambunctious. Okay. Now. Okay, you guys can open your eyes. Now, here's what I need. I need this stage mic. Say check into that. Check. The thumb thing? Oh, yeah. Red means not good. Say check. Check. Good job. You say check. Check. Okay, good. All right. Now, what I need to know from you is, 
What, what did Edward feel like? Rubber. Edward felt like rubber? Okay. Was Edward fat or skinny? Both. Both? Is there anything else you can say about how Edward felt? Was he, was he long he was, or short? He was long. He was long. So rubbery, both, and long. That's, that's what you think Edward felt like? Yeah. Okay. All right. Everyone got that? Okay. Now, what do you think Edward felt like? A balloon. Edward felt like a balloon. So he was round. Is that what you mean? No. He felt like a balloon. Aren't balloons round? No. Oh, no. they're not? No. What kind of balloons you been giving this kid? <laughs> Do you think Edward's big or small? Big. He's big and felt like a balloon. Yeah. Okay. Big and felt like a balloon. Will you give my volunteers a hand, please? They did a great job. Thank you, guys. Thank you, parents, for being willing to blind your children momentarily. That's very helpful. Now... Here is why, hey, you guys that were blind, this is what Edward really looks like. Okay, we're going to let Edward hang out right here. Now, here's what all that was about. There, there are many people that have made the argument that it is not okay for anybody to think that they know what the truth is. And the way they talk about that oftentimes is they'll use an analogy. They'll say, well... Every religion is kind of like a blind man. It's like a blind man that comes up and touches a part of an elephant. And so each of the religions, say you've got Christianity, and maybe you've got Hinduism, and maybe you've got uh, Mormonism, maybe you've got uh, Islam, they're all touching a different part of the element or the, the elephant. So what, what that means is all these blind people, they're touching pieces of the elephant, and, and so they know some of the truth, Right? Because Jordy said that Edward was long and rubbery. What else? Both. And he's both. Yeah, that's right. So that's, that, Jordy was accurate, but he was only touching one part of Edward. Right? And then Aubrey said he was like a balloon, but not round. I don't know about that, Obbs. Like a balloon, but not round. And big. So were their descriptions of, of what Edward is or what he feels like, were they the same or different? They were different, right? And so that's, what, that's how some people understand this. And it sounds, doesn't it sound kind of humble and kind to say, well, none of us know the whole truth. Maybe everybody's holding a little piece of the truth. Maybe everybody sees one part. And so we just shouldn't ever argue about it. We should never try to convince anybody that there is one way or one truth. We should just understand we're all touching one piece of the elephant. Does, does that sound kind of nice to everybody? It, it could sound nice. You, you probably already realize that that's not the answer I'm shooting for, so none of you are committing to it. It does sound nice. I'm going to go ahead and say it. It kind of sounds humble. It kind of sounds like maybe the, the right way to think about it. But here's something I want you guys to think about. If, if the claim is nobody is touching the whole elephant, nobody knows all the truth, what position would you have to be in? What, what vision would you have to have in order to make the claim that nobody can see the whole elephant? You would have to be able to see the whole elephant, wouldn't you, to be able to make that claim? To be able to say, well, everybody's just touching maybe a piece of the truth, but... 
What I'm saying is there's a, there, there's a bigger truth and they were all got a little bit of it. See, the problem with standing in the place of saying, well, let's all be more humble. Let's just agree that everyone's only touching a little piece of the elephant. By saying that, you're standing in the place of claiming you can see the whole thing. You're doing the very thing in saying that that you're trying to tell everyone else they shouldn't do. And so it's false humility. It's not really uh, as kind as it sounds. It's really just someone else saying, no, I don't believe you have the truth. I believe I have the truth. And you should submit to this truth, which is everyone only has a bit of it, right? And so the first premise that I want us to, to establish and that Edward, I think, has helped us establish is you should not ever feel bad for claiming or believing that you know what the truth is. Because ultimately, everybody in the conversation thinks that they know what the truth is, including the people that try to tell you you can't know what the truth is. Does that make sense? Don't, don't make someone make you feel bad and tell you, oh, you can only, you're only touching a piece of the elephant. Because for them to tell you that means they think they can see the whole elephant. Does everyone understand that premise? So what that puts us in is an, it's a, it changes the conversation. Now the conversation is not, well, maybe I'm just touching the ear or the trunk or the leg of the elephant. What it does is it puts us in a position to be able to say, okay, that whole idea, that's, that's kind of false humility. That's not really the right way to look at this. So what we should do instead is say, okay, different people, they see what they think is the truth. There's, there's people that have different ideas of what the reality of the world is, who God is, if God exists, all of that. And so we're not going to back away from the conversation. We shouldn't. What it should put us in a position to do is begin to examine, okay, everybody has these truth claims. Everybody thinks they see the reality of the situation. Let's examine then the truth claims. Let's just honestly begin to look at which one of the, the claims about what reality looks like and who God is, which one is the most reasonable? And the, the child that I was talking to pushed me further and said, well, okay, if it's not wrong for me to say that I believe I know the truth, how can I know? Why should I think that Christianity is the truth? Why should I think that the Bible is true instead of maybe all what these other religions say? And when it comes down to examining truth claims and it comes down to trying to determine whether or not believing what the Bible says makes sense, my encouragement to all of us here is to always go straight to Jesus. He's the one that makes the most sense. He's the one that shows us that the claims of Scripture are the most reasonable. There's other places you can go that can be helpful. You can think about how the world was made and how the Bible says the world was made. You can come to some conclusions there. You can look at history and what the Bible claims about history and see if that lines up with reality. But ultimately, what it's going to come down to is the person and the work and the teaching and the sacrifice and the resurrection of Jesus. That's what it's going to come down to because part of what makes Christianity stand aside from all other truth claims is this reality. Nobody else is saying that God became a man came to earth, lived a perfect life, and died in our place for our sins and then rose from the grave. No one else is saying that. Now, lots of people will try to tell you, well, religions are all basically saying the same thing. They're all saying we should love each other and be good and, and that doing that in different ways or 
you know, really getting to know yourself on the inside, that that's, that's how you're going to end up in whatever their version of heaven is. But we know the Bible says something very different than that. The Bible doesn't say, be good, be as good as you can, and obey the rules, and then that's why God's going to love you or be good to you or have you spend eternity with him. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches something wild and different than that. The Bible teaches that none of us are good enough, that none of us can actually do what needs to be done. That's why Jesus had to come. No other religion teaches that God became a man and died in our place and definitely not that he rose from the grave. And it's trust and faith in that very thing that's going to make the difference. So Christianity is different. Christianity does claim some very wild things, but there's really good reason to believe that it's, it's not, our faith is not just a, a, a wild guess among many. There's many, very reasonable, logical things that we can look at And again, pointing you to Jesus, not just the difference that he makes in terms of what we're saying the truth is. It's not just that the truth claims about Jesus. It's looking at what happened in the world when Jesus came on the scene. Friends, we need to be able to explain, somebody needs to explain how a a guy from a little podunk town, nobody special, he wasn't a king, he wasn't royalty, grew up. And begin to have such a following. The Bible says it's because he started to teach amazing things and do amazing miracles. So people started to follow him. Now you could maybe come up with some other answer, but not a lot of them make sense. There was no reason to follow Jesus unless he was who he said he was. Unless he was who he proved to be by feeding 5,000 people with a little boy's lunch. By walking on water. By healing people that were very sick. There's so many things Jesus did that... It explains how this kind of guy from, a, from nowhere who was really nobody could rise up in the midst of a time where there was already very powerful religions in place. There was, the Caesars were ruling. And somehow in the midst of all that, out comes this uprising of people who believe in Jesus. And it's not like it was just a fad. It's not like 2,000 years ago, this was exciting and Jesus is cool. And then all of a sudden, well, he just kind of went away like many other religious leaders We're still here today singing about Jesus, aren't we? We're not singing about the Caesars, and we're not singing to Zeus or any of the Greek gods, are we? How do you explain that? Is it just that this this fairy tale is better than the other fairy tales? Well, that's what some people decide, but I don't think that's the most reasonable conclusion. I think there's something to this, and I think there's something to the reality that Jesus Christ popped up 2,000 years ago and absolutely changed the world forever. There's something to it. And so the whole point of what I want to make sure we understand today is this. The answer to the question, is it wrong for us to think that we know what the truth is and that we think that truth centers on Jesus? I think Edward helped us to understand the answer to that question. Are we wrong for believing Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? I think Edward would say no. Do you agree with Edward? I agree with Edward. So no, you're not wrong for believing that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so what that puts us is in a different conversation where we can begin to talk with people who maybe think that way or are trying to convince you of that. That whole whole deal is false on its face. What we need to do then is, is be willing to honestly and humbly really begin to look at, okay, there are different truth claims in the world, but which one 
when we really look at it, makes the most sense and is the most reasonable. And aside from that, friends, I think we know the word of God itself has power. So if people start to go into God's word looking for truth, the Holy Spirit's going to come along and help them to find it. It's not ultimately going to be our arguments. It's not ultimately going to be our zeal or anything that we do that's going to bring people to the hope that Christ provides. It's going to be the power of his spirit, the power of his word, and the power of his gospel. That's what's going to make the difference. Amen? Will you guys pray with me? Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you so much for the truth of your word. I thank you that Jesus was not afraid to say the very exclusive and somewhat wild claim that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you that we can believe that. And that doesn't mean that we're not being humble. It doesn't mean that we're not being fair. Because Lord, we realize that ultimately everybody thinks they they see what the truth is. Everybody kind of thinks they see the whole elephant. Lord, help us to be humble. Help us to listen well. Help us to be friends with those who maybe have not yet gotten a glimpse of how worthy Jesus is to be worshiped. But also, Lord, I pray that we as your people, we would not shrink back or be scared or be afraid to speak boldly in love that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Help us, Lord, not to be afraid to speak the truth because we know the truth is what sets people free. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Love City Church, located in Cincinnati, Ohio. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. To give or find out more about Love City Church, visit www.mylovecitychurch.org.